Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to SwiftCast. If you're a fan of Taylor, go ahead and hit the subscribe button on iTunes or your podcast app, and it will automatically download our episodes for you each week. We have a lot of exciting episodes and guests as reputation rolls out, so you'll only be doing yourself a favor by subscribing. Also, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at SwiftCast13, or you can find all of our episodes and social media at our website, SwiftCast13.com. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to episode 237 of SwiftCast. This is Adam. Sammy. And Steph. And if you guys have been listening to us for a long time, you have probably heard Sammy's voice before. She has been on a couple of our episodes and she's joining us tonight. And she has actually been running our social media, in particular our Twitter page. So if you are a follower of us on Twitter and you've seen all of our tweets, those are mostly coming from her and she's been doing an awesome job on that. So thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. I always like coming on. Yeah. And you've been handling our Twitter page for a really long time. I think it's been about a year at least now. Yeah. Yeah. And if you've been a follower of us for a long time, you'll see that we have really doubled or maybe probably even more than doubled our followers lately. So Sammy's just been doing a great job and she was kind enough to be on our episodes before. So we're really excited to have her back. Thanks, guys. So we are really excited on this episode to get a new little mini series started Our main discussion today is going to be a song discussion about Ready For It, and it's going to be the beginning of our song discussion series, and we thought it would be smart to just go in order of the album. So starting today, and not every single week from here on out, but starting today we're going to do Ready For It, and then at some point soon we'll do Endgame, and then we'll do I Did Something Bad. So we're looking forward to getting more in-depth into all these songs. Yeah, I'm really excited for this. If you've been following us for a long time, we've been around since the Red Era, but the first time we actually got to do song discussions was for 1989. So this is only the second album that we've been able to do song discussions, and it's just so exciting that we're starting this all over again. And like Adam said, it really makes sense to go track by track for this album especially, because Taylor herself has said that this album is a little more chronological than other albums. So stay tuned for the main discussion a little bit later, and we will dive right into Ready For It. But for now, even though Taylor has been quiet in the past week, there is some news that we have. The first piece of news that we have is that uh, the making of a song series for I Did Something Bad is now available to watch. Have you guys watched it yet? 
Yes, I was able to see it. And last week on episode 236, we covered the making of Delicate and Call It What You Want. And so we're going to be covering I Did Something Bad in the future. So you can look forward to that. But I thought it was awesome as an initial impression. I think I'm a bad fan because I have not watched it yet. (laughs) I haven't watched it yet either, but I want to because they're all so good. I love this series. Yeah, I can't wait to see what else she does. I really want to see something for every song. Me too. Is this one about three or four minutes like the other one, Steph? This one was about seven minutes. Oh, good. And you even get to hear her doing some of the background, the ratatatata thing. (laughs) It's pretty great. Well, in other exciting news, the Reputation Stadium Tour now has additional dates abroad in the United Kingdom and Ireland. So for right now, the following dates are set. June 8th in Manchester at the Etihad Stadium. June 15th in Dublin, Ireland at Croke Park. And June 22nd in London at Wembley Stadium. So... Obviously, we know Wembley Stadium is a huge deal. It seats so many people, and Taylor has never played it. She's always done the O2 Arena in London. And from what I understand, the Croke Park is also just this very iconic, huge venue in Ireland. So I think it's just awesome that she's playing these kind of venues. And I'm guessing, somewhat similar to the United States, that Additional dates will be added after these go on sale and, of course, sell out like I'm sure they will. Mm -hmm. I would bet she'll be doing multiple dates in these cities. Yeah, I think we kind of assumed something like this might happen because on our initial discussion about the tour dates, we noticed there was a huge gap there in June. I think there was only one United States show in June, on June 2nd, and then nothing until July. So it makes sense that she filled in that gap with these shows, and I think you're right. I think more will be added, because three is definitely not enough for that area of the world. Yeah, it will just be really exciting to see how well she does with these dates. Well, next in some album sale news, just to show how popular Taylor is and just taking over the music industry... Her career United States album sales now stand at 31.4 million records sold. And she's the 23rd best-selling artist since Nielsen Music began tracking sales in 1991 and the fifth best-selling woman after Mariah Carey, Celine Dion, Shania Twain, and Britney Spears. And that's all courtesy of Billboard. And that is some high company for her to join. Oh, yeah. And really, a lot of the female artists, I think she can easily beat in the near future. Shania Twain has 35 million and Britney Spears has 33.6 million. So Taylor's really close with 31.4. I could see her overtaking them eventually. I agree. And really, maybe even with this album, if you look at what 1989 has sold in three years... I think it's close to 10 million, probably, so... She could pass it with reputation. Exactly. Yeah. So we have the second week reputation stats 
Um, the first one is that it sold 256,000 units for a total of 1,448,000 sales so far. It's the second week at number one on the Billboard 200 chart. She is the first woman to have first two weeks at number one on the Billboard 200 chart since 25 by Adele. And it's at the 17th consecutive day at number one on the World iTunes album chart. Yeah, by the time you hear this episode, it probably will be the 19th consecutive day at number one. Right. But these stats are just so impressive. It's just so remarkable that she's able to achieve all of this with the way the music industry is today. Right. And even the amount of units she sold this second week, 256,000, even that is more than what people sell in the first week. Correct. Exactly. (laughs) I loved, there was this one quote from, I think it was either Forbes or Billboard, but it said, for the, the first week of reputation, the sales of just for that first week were higher than if you took numbers two through 200 on the Billboard 200 album chart. Taylor outsold all of those combined. Wow. Right. That's incredible. <laughs> it's crazy. Although I do have to say I'm still not quite clear on what the final number was for the first week sales because the one number I saw was 1.216 and it seemed like that was final. But then Scott Bruschetto was tweeting 1.29 and I've also seen 1.289. Of course, 1989 was 1.287, so I'm just still not completely clear on what the final number was. Yeah, that's been confusing since the day of release. There's been unconfirmed numbers, confirmed numbers, so it's been kind of confusing this whole time. Yeah, and I I saw something from the the SPS chart, which is the sales plus streaming chart. And so I did see an article from Hits Daily Double, which said that the sales plus streaming chart, when that was taken into account, Taylor had actually exceeded the first week sales of 1989. So we'll try to keep you updated on that once more information becomes clear, because I'm still just kind of confused about the whole thing. Yeah, and I think that even confused me a little more, what you said, because Reputation is not on streaming services. So aren't the numbers we're looking at only physical copies and iTunes? Yeah, that's why when I saw that article from Hits Daily Double, I was even more confused. (laughs) But I was happy that they said the number was higher than it was reported to be. I was wondering if, if somehow because a lot of the songs were available for streaming before the album was actually released, if that somehow had an impact somehow and made them higher. I don't know. The way they calculate things nowadays with streaming is just confusing. Definitely. Well, another exciting piece of news is that although Reputation was just released a little over two weeks ago, Rolling Stone named it number seven on its list of the best albums of 2017. Do you know who was number one through six on that list? Yes. Number one was Kendrick Lamar's album. And number two was Lord. 
melodrama. Three was U2, Songs of Experience. Four was Kesha, Rainbow. Five was LCD, Sound System, American Dream. And six was Khalid, American Teen. And I, a lot of these albums were released so much earlier in the year. So at first I was a little bummed that Taylor was number seven, but then I was thinking this album's barely even been in the world. Right. It's <laughs> brand new still. Yeah. They put that list out with less than two weeks of its release. So it's still definitely high praise. And those are good albums. I like those. Yeah. And a couple of Taylor's friends in there, Kendrick and Lord. So if any of you guys have used Taylor Connect before, it sounds like it's going to be shutting down on November 30th. And the reason I bring that up is because I'm still wondering about the Swift Life app, which is for your phone. It's a phone app. And it's been available as like a beta, like as a preview in a couple of countries in Asia. And then I think I also just saw online that it is now available in Canada, but it is not yet available for the United States. So I'm wondering, since Taylor Connect is closing, I wonder if that means that the Swift Life is finally ready to go. The message on the Taylor Connect website did say that the reason for shutting it down is because of the Swift Life app. So I'm hoping that means that it will be ready to go on November 30th or December 1st and we can start using it because I know a lot of Taylor fans use Taylor Connect to meet other fans and have really good discussions, not just about the album, but sometimes about rare merchandise and how to find, for example, signed albums. I've used it a lot as a resource over the years. So it is, it's kind of sad to see it go, but I'm really excited to see what the Swift Life app is like. So the next piece of news is uh, the calendar. We have upcoming dates that Taylor is going to be performing. Uh, the first one is going to be December 1st at Jingle Ball in LA. Uh, the second one is going to be the next night at Poptopia in San Jose. Um, and then next week on December 7th, will be Jingle Bash in Chicago, and December 8th will be at Jingle Ball in New York. And Sammy, you're going to be at the Jingle Ball in LA, right? I am. I'm so excited to see the first performance. Well, it's, I guess it's not the first performances of Reputation, but the first one that fans can buy tickets to. So I'm really excited for it. Yeah, and this will be the first set with more than two songs, so that would be awesome. It's true. Yeah, I'm really wondering what she's going to pick. I mean, I think the obvious choices are Look What You Made Me Do, Ready For It, probably Call It What You Want. But then other than that, I think it's wide open. Right. And will she throw old songs in there? When she's done this before, I was lucky enough to see her do the Jingle Ball in New York City in 2014. And she did have some old songs. She did Trouble. So I kind of wonder what she'll throw in as old songs. So how long do we think are her set's going to be? How many songs are you guessing? Five or six? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I hope she does play an old song, at least one. Yeah, I have to wonder if she has something up her sleeve for Shake It Off, mm -hmm. a new kind of variation of it. 
an updated version. That's true. Yeah, like with the reputation kind of feel, that could be really cool. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how she could spin Shake It Off to fit the new vibe of the era. She did it so well with Love Story. Right. I'm really excited to see what she does. Are there any other artists at that show that you are excited to see, Sammy? Um, I don't know many who... I know Kesha's going to be there, right? Right. I am excited to see Kesha. I think Demi Lovato is going to be there, and I'm excited to see her. Um, But other than that, I've just been focused on Taylor. Yeah, understandable, definitely. (laughs) I think Ed Sheeran's going to be there, too. Oh, cool. Ooh, that brings up a good... What if they played Endgame? Oh, well, yeah. That is really a, a an official single at this point now yeah i've heard it on the radio a lot yeah i started hearing it on the radio it's been listed as one of the songs with the most added radio plays this week interesting and so i think we can expect a music video for that soon people are saying it's probably the one taylor was seeing shooting in london oh okay Which is interesting because we didn't see Future or Ed Sheeran at all in the paparazzi shots from London. Right. And I was just looking, I think out of those four performances that Taylor has coming up, to be a fan of music in general, I think that is the best lineup. And it's going to be such a long concert because the lineup is Taylor, Ed, The Chainsmokers, Sam Smith, Demi Lovato, Logic, Kesha, Niall Horan, Halsey, Charlie Puth, and Liam Payne. So that is a huge list and a lot of famous people. Yeah, I can't wait to hear about it from you, Sammy. That's going to be awesome. And Adam, you're going to be going to the Jingle Bash, right? I will, yes, on December 7th. And I'm jealous of that LA lineup because my lineup is certainly not as long. Um, But it'll still be awesome. Well, I'm going to have to live vicariously through both of you. (laughs) But I'm still very excited to do that because I just love hearing stories about Taylor perform. And I think a lot of these should be available to stream or watch live online. I know they have been in the past. So for anyone who is unable to attend or who isn't in the United States, just keep checking Twitter, keep checking the official websites, and I'm sure you, you can find out more information about how to watch And I will do what I can to update our Twitter, the SwiftCast Twitter, um, while I'm there. Oh, yes. That would be awesome. Awesome. Absolutely. Be sure to follow SwiftCast 13, and you'll get up-to-the-minute updates about that first performance. So stick around, and we will be right back with our main discussion. As mentioned in the beginning of this episode, we're going to be starting our song discussion series, and we're going to start with Ready For It. And if you guys haven't heard, we did talk about this song two times before on older episodes. So episode 221 is our initial impressions right after hearing it for the first time. So that's a fun episode. If you haven't heard, you can go back and listen to. And then, of course, this song does have a music video, which we talked all about in episode 230. 
So I guess I'll just start out by asking both of you, what's your impression of the song? How do you think it fits into Reputation? Do you think it's a good opening song? Uh, what are your overall thoughts? Um, I think it's a great opening song, just from the title alone and that she clears her throat at the beginning of the song. Um, <laughs> uh, as far as it's not one of my personal top favorites of the album, um, but I do think it's perfect for opening the album. Absolutely. Uh, like Sammy said, the clearing the throat after having been gone for three years, it's just the perfect way, especially when you consider everything that's happened over the past three years, it is the perfect way to open with this album. Really sets the theme and the tone. And it also kind of prepares you for Taylor to really start with the rapping. This is something we've never seen before, which the first time I heard it was really, really interesting. But I think that the chorus, especially the song, brings you back to some of the I guess, quote unquote, old Taylor, um, that kind of harkens back to some of her older work. So it's just such an interesting mix. You have this completely new rapping element to it, but it still feels like Taylor, which is genius. I don't think anyone else could do that. Yeah, I like the way that the song is described in its genre, because if you asked me to put a genre on it, I'd have a really difficult time doing that. But one publication described it as pop-oriented, electronic-inspired, electro-pop, industrial pop, with elements of tropical house, dubstep, and trap music. <laughs> and then also, the song features deep synths, a bass drop, drum machines, and rapping. <laughs> so, so different from past Taylor's, definitely. Yeah, could you imagine reading that sentence before the album came out? Oh my gosh, seeing, no. <laughs> seeing that as a description and wondering what it would possibly sound like. That's such a good point. Because with the dubstep, I remember before Red came out, that was something that was used all the time with Trouble. And Taylor kept saying Trouble was her favorite song on the album. And I was in my head just thinking I don't even know what dubstep is right I was the same way <laughs> yeah so if I had read this before hearing that song I probably would have been very confused but excited <laughs> and really even just the way we were introduced to this song you probably all remember a Saturday night the first Saturday in, in September when a portion of the song was played during college football and then the song was released Sunday morning, which is an odd day. Generally, songs are released on Fridays. I was actually um, out of town that weekend in a place that had zero service, and we didn't even have Wi-Fi. So I remember we had to drive out of town to a gas station, and when I was at the gas station, I suddenly was just flooded with notifications and texts from my friends about the new song. So I missed the whole initial um, release of it. And I only had a few minutes to download the song to my phone before I went back to um, the house we were staying at that had no service. So I had to listen to it 
with like zero input from anyone else's opinions on it or anything like that. So it was pretty interesting first listen for at least like 48 hours before I came back to the real world. That's actually pretty cool. I think a lot of people would like to have that experience. Yeah. And I remember because my service was bad, the the beginning, um, the way it starts out, I I thought it didn't download correctly. I didn't even <laughs> understand that it was the song. I thought there was like a glitch in the, in the music. And then I realized it was real. Like the part with the heavy bass? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah. But that bass is so key to this song. And for me, the the first time I heard it, I could just immediately see it as the tour opener. I feel like it's it's not really that debatable that this would be the, the opener. I could be wrong. I've been wrong about a lot of things before, but it just seems like the perfect way to open this tour. I think so, too. I think we initially thought that it would be Look What You Made Me Do because of because of the whole where's the old Taylor she's dead and that it could be like a a rebirth into this new tour but I definitely changed my tune to think that it would be ready for it because it just fits so perfectly do you guys have a favorite lyric from the song oh I would have to go with the probably one that everybody would go with which would be the Burton to this Taylor Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, I feel like that's probably a common favorite line. It's just so clever. And I remember Joseph Kahn tweeted that when they were filming the music video, he said to Taylor, Burton to this Taylor, that is so clever. And Taylor just responded, yeah, that's why I wrote it. (laughs) Like, (laughs) just deadpan. (laughs) And at first, I didn't understand what that meant. I had to do a little research, but Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor got married and then got divorced and then got remarried, is my understanding. That's about as much as I know about it, too. But it's so clever and so classic Taylor to come up with a lyric like that to tie into her own history of her relationships. And I think my favorite is from right before that. It's the very beginning of the second verse with the lyrics. Me, I was a robber. First time that he saw me stealing hearts and running off and never saying sorry. But if I'm a thief, then he can join the heist and we'll move to an island. I just really like the way she raps that really. Just her vocal phrasing in that part. It's kind of like she's talking so fast with the stealing hearts and running off and never saying sorry. Yeah, and don't you think that's kind of a common theme throughout the whole album? A lot of her songs refer to her, I forgive the pun, I guess, but reputation of always being with people and then leaving and then doing it all over again. So many songs have that kind of theme in it. And not apologizing for the way that she handled it. Right. Yeah, and like the lyric running off, I feel like is a common theme. Um, Maybe it kind of makes me think of getaway car, like running away or getting away. Right. Well, and even if you look at I did something bad, the they never see it coming. What I do next, 
this is how the world works. You got to leave before you get left. Yeah, leaving and running away again. Yep. So it really is a common thread throughout the whole album. So I agree with you. I like that part a lot too. And even the island theme throughout the whole album, there's a lot about beaches and islands. And I like that too. Wanting to be alone and private. Right. I th- We always say how Taylor says Reputation is a nighttime album and Ready For It really kind of sets the tone for that, for prepares people for that idea. And one thing I really like about this song is the distinct difference between the verses and the chorus. Of course, you have the rapping in the two verses, but then the tone of the song completely changes once you hit that chorus. That's what I thought too. That's why I said, to me, it kind of felt like old Taylor. I don't know if for anyone else it did, but especially when she hits the last chorus where for me in my head, I can see her just leaning back with the microphone in her Taylor pose that she's done for every tour, just hitting those notes. Yeah, that does remind me of old Taylor too, especially the line in the middle of the night in my dreams. It's a common theme throughout all of her albums, talking about the middle of the night and 2 a.m. and 4 (laughs) a.m. Yeah, that's so true. The other thing I like about this song that Taylor's done throughout all of her albums is she's kind of talking about it from her perspective at first and then later on a little bit from the other person's perspective. I was pleasantly surprised with her performance of this song on Saturday Night Live because I remember when she uh, first came out with 1989 and it was a lot of pop songs, obviously, and it was kind of the first time she like really went all pop. And um, she performed Blank Space at the AMAs. And I remember before she performed, I was really wondering how she was going to do that in the sense that she's not really a dancer, but she has these pop songs. She's not going to be playing instruments. How's that going to go? And she, um, if you remember the performance, she basically acted out the music video. Um, So I was surprised and pleasantly surprised with Ready For It that she actually had choreography to go along with the pop music this time. And I loved it. I was so happy to see that. Yeah, I think you can really tell how much work she put into just dancing for this album. Even if you look at the Look What You Made Me Do music video, it's it's just funny to compare Shake It Off, I guess is the best example, when she was just laughing it off that everyone said she couldn't dance, and especially the music video for that song. But here she's just showing everyone that, hey, actually you were wrong. I can dance. And it's so impressive. I was so impressed by it. Yeah, we were thinking that very well could be what she'll use on tour for this song. That's true. But the 2014 AMA performance of Blank Space that you mentioned turned out to not at all be like tour, right? You're right. Yeah. Yeah, that was disappointing. That was such a good performance with the there was a suspended dining room table and uh-huh. all of the different picture frames. That was great. 
So we want to briefly mention that the writers for this song were Taylor, Max Martin, Shellback, and Ali Payami, who we mentioned before. And the producers were Max Martin, Shellback, and Ali Payami. Does that stand out to you guys at all, or does it sound pretty much like you would expect from a Martin and Shellback production? I probably said this before in when we talked about initial impressions, but... For me, I I'm just always impressed by how different they make everything sound. I probably the first time I heard it never would have guessed that Max Martin and Johan Schellback were involved in this song. Of course, this same team of four people is the team who did Style. So if you compare Style and Ready for It, it's just amazing how different they are. So I think it's really impressive that they were able to come up with this. It just speaks to how talented they all are, that they could make such well-written and well-produced songs that sound nothing like each other, but they both work so well. When I think really throughout the whole album, when I listen to the songs, I'm not thinking, oh, is this Martin and Shellback or is this Jack Antonoff? And I can't really tell until I actually look at the book and examine it. And even now a little over two weeks after the album's been released. I don't have everything memorized as to who produced which song. And these guys have been doing this for about 30 years now. And like you said, it's just awesome that they've been around for so long and they're still evolving their music and nothing to me really sounds the same. No, not at all. We have not seen a making up for this song yet. So maybe we will. I think it would be really interesting to see Taylor writing the rap verses for this song. Yes, definitely. One thing I wondered that I just wanted to get other people's opinions on. When the song gets into the baby let the games begin, let the games begin. In my head, I understand maybe it could just be about this relationship she's referring to. But I also kind of wonder if... Because this song really sets the theme and tone for the whole album. Could she also be referring to kind of like the media games? Like she's saying she's in this relationship. She's kind of announcing it. Is she saying, okay, everybody can go make up their stories and say whatever they want kind of a thing? Yeah, I think so too. And I think that perfectly relates back to the liner in the album and i think it was also in the magazines too that talked about as soon as this album is released the media will go and try to figure out which guy all these songs are about and that whole thing that we talked about before and i think that perfectly relates to it's all a game for the media a lot of times okay that's kind of how i interpreted it and i think it just worked out so perfectly that It also was a perfect song for college football. And so it was a good promotional tool that I guess probably just happened without anyone really even thinking about it. But I think it's a good way to end this first song because like we said, she starts with clearing her throat. This album has a theme of the media and what they've kind of done to her 
and she ends this song with, well, kind of like, bring it on, let the games begin. Because she knows that everybody's going to take every single song from this album and run with it. Yeah, I actually love that the first song on the album ends with saying, let the games begin, are you ready for it? It's so perfect. Yeah, it really is. And that's going to be so cool, having a stadium of 70,000 people saying, let the games begin at the beginning of the concert. What we assume will be the beginning of the concert. Right. Yeah, every time I hear this song, I can just, in my head, I can see the tour. And it just makes me so excited. So the song did receive generally positive reviews from music critics. Um, A lot of them called it an improvement from the previous single, which was Look What You Made Me Do. A couple of things that some music journalists said. Tom Brian of Stereogum said the songwriters made something ungainly and goofy, something that was probably a terrible idea, and they still made it sound like towering, colossal pop music. And then Patrick Ryan of USA Today expressed some skepticism concerning Taylor's rapping, but noted the contrast between the anthemic chorus and the dark, intense verses made for a promising second glance of her reputation era. And finally, Richard He wrote for Billboard that Swift has never sung more expressively nor sounded more in tune with the way modern pop production uses the voice as an instrument, and that the song's chorus has one of the prettiest melodies of her career. So that was really nice. Yeah, I I love that. It is a really pretty melody. One thing, though, that stuck out to me where Patrick Ryan said that the verses made for a promising second glance was the quote that reminded me of when Taylor first posted about look what you made me do. And on Instagram, she used the caption ready for it, which at the, at that time we didn't know ready for it was a song. And then we learned ready for it was the next song. And when she was on her Instagram writing about ready for it, she wrote a second glance so everybody thought Second Glance was somehow a song name or a lyric or something. A clue of some sort. Right. But now that I'm thinking about it, I guess not. Yeah, I guess that wasn't true. Unless maybe it's part of some future deluxe track or maybe it was a track that was made but was decided not to be put on the album. Who knows? Oh, don't get my hopes up about a deluxe. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like there isn't one, but I guess we never know. Right. We never know. I did read some rumors, but nothing's confirmed. I'm I'm guessing there's not. Yeah, I think they were unfounded, but I'm not sure either. So to wrap it up, Ready For It was really successful. In the United States, the song debuted at number four on the Billboard Hot 100, and that was Taylor's 22nd top 10 song. It also became her 13th number one on the digital songs chart with opening sales of 135,000 copies. In its first week, it had 19 million streams on the streaming songs chart. And as of October, it has sold 251,000 total copies in the United States. So pretty good. Yeah, definitely. And... The weird thing is, though, this was an official single. Like we said, Endgame is already the newest single. I didn't 
I felt like I didn't hear Ready For It as much as I wanted to on my own radio stations. Yeah, I'm the same way. I didn't hear it too much. I wonder if it was something to do with lack of promotion or I'm not exactly sure. But do you guys remember, did Taylor tweet about it? Did she talk about it at all or? Well, it seems interesting that it had a music video, but it didn't make as big of a splash as Look What You Made Me Do. Yeah, I don't think she really has been promoting much at all. Like we said earlier, she's kind of disappeared since she was in Target in Nashville almost two weeks ago. But even when we got to hear some of the audio from the secret sessions with fans, they didn't include anything on Ready For It, which was disappointing. I was hoping that we would have something from her, just any kind of discussion about the song, but we don't have that. So thank you everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed our discussion about Ready For It and stay tuned in our next couple of episodes. I'm sure we will be talking about Endgame, which is another really awesome, interesting song with a lot to talk about. If you like this episode and you are not yet subscribed to us, please go ahead and do that on iTunes. That way it will download the latest episode for you automatically. We are on social media at SwiftCast13 on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can email us at SwiftCast13Show at gmail.com. And we hope you guys enjoy following along online or if there is some type of live stream finally being able to watch taylor perform this weekend in la and northern california and sammy hope you have an awesome time thank you so much and um i will be on our twitter swiftcast 13 so make sure you're following and i will keep you guys up to date as best i can while i'm there awesome looking forward to it for episode 237 this has been adam Sammy. And stuff. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye, guys. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.